guys, what's going on? It's John and Ryan here from No Holding Back. It is Friday morning. We are going to hit up the biggest wins, losses of the previous week. And wins and losses, we mean we're going to touch into the Kentucky Derby because we all know a lot of people's pockets got hurt there. Um, next, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. I mean, everyone knows kind of what's going on, especially Ryan being the Philly boy that he is. He's pretty... Uh, He's pretty upset about what's going on down there. So we're going to touch into that. And like we promised, we ended up getting a, a couple of uh, questions that came from one of, from all of our listeners. So we're going to shout them out and hand out our questions later in the episode. So, Ryan, where do you want to start, buddy? Uh, I, I guess we could start with uh, Philly Faithful. I mean, series isn't looking too good after having its highs. We definitely are at its lows for Sixers fans. Uh, it's it's looking like it's not really coming together. Embiid <laughs> and Simmons are looking like they have two centers on the team. And Jimmy Butler, he's the only one really doing much. And then you have uh, Tobias, no threes, Harris. Yeah, you... <laughs> And let's 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 really talk about what the real problem is with the Sixers right now is that the fact that Embiid's got all his injuries and yeah, what, what's up with that? It's a different ailment every other day. Uh, it was colluded to that he was out the one Saturday night. You know, he, he had well, what five thing, right? five days rest, so it was like, oh, we're going back into this, and then the guy can't even go out there on the court. He's texting his head coach. At 6 a.m. in the morning, showing them you can play, getting IVs. Look, when you're the leader of the team and you're promising all these things to happen that you're going to win, you're talking shit on all these other players, you got to outperform, right? You got to have the body language that shows. You got to be ready to strike and to show the rest of your team you're ready to be that leader. And it was, uh, it was a big act of immaturity. Yeah, and I think that was one of the big concerns with with Embiid and then go, and the team in general going into the playoffs just being as young as they were. Like, granted, they have Jimmy Butler who brings some experience, but playoff experience is very very small. But I I, I just go back to the fact that like if you look at all of the greats and, and and we'll get to you know one of our listeners' questions had to do a lot with Embiid, but um, you know you wouldn't see any of the great ones like regardless of position and whether they're sick or not. They don't make excuses. Yeah, like that. and I mean to your point though, being early on, like look at how many bad games we've seen from stellar players early on. It's a lot to expect right away from these guys. And look, the two superstars are twenty four and twenty two, so it's a lot to ask. But I, I think they performed at such a high level early on that it was assumed that they would maintain that. So we'll see. I mean, it's a big game six tonight. We'll see if they show up. Uh, they've played exceptionally well at home. So if they bring the Thunder, it'll, it'll be a fun game seven. If, right? Big F. Right, right. If they, But I think the big caveat to this is the fact that on the other side is Kawhi Leonard, who happens to be playing. The guy's a machine. Probably better than he's been but, playing right, his I, entire career. And, and if you watched game five, their game plan made no sense. They were going all out on Kawhi when he's still going to get his. And then the rest Absolutely. the rest of the team like splurge. And that was the one time in the whole series that the rest of the team actually did well. You know, Well, that was the big concern, right? Was Kyle Lowry going to be able to perform? And, and, and I think there was a stat where the Raptors are like 24 and 2 when Lowry scores 15 or more points. 
you know you can't stop Leonard. You can hope to slow him, but keep Simmons on him. And the rest of the guys need to be selling out for everybody else. It's I, I don't know why they got rid of their early game plan, but I, I think a lot of it had to do with Embiid's situation too. Yeah, I think they were trying to protect him. I, I, I you can see it on the court, and you can just see his body language. And, and we we talk about some of the, the 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 types of players that their energy can really kind of draw and bring up a team. And and we'll talk about that when we get to when we get to Zion when he gets into the league. But it. He was just kind of moping around. You could see he just wasn't right, and yeah. you can just see that 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 energy ends up, you know, really, really affecting his team. So, you know, I I, I think they may go down tonight. I I don't I don't think they're going to be able to pull it off because of the il- the ailments for Embiid, whichever it is going to be tonight. Even if he decides that he's going to play, so uh, you know what, it, it remains to be seen. But it's it's going to be a, a, a fun fun game because it's been a fun series regardless of the result yeah maybe ai will smack him around a little bit get him pumped we'll see right it's in philly right yeah so maybe it's going to be a better turnout because drake's not going to be there but meek mill will probably be there though yeah all right so now to the news durant out yeah game six and seven yeah i mean i i guess it's the best scenario for what uh was what it looked like i mean that i Every time I see a player do that, so if anybody didn't see see what happened, it was probably four minutes left in the in the fourth quarter. Non-contact the third, injury. Yeah, third quarter, excuse me. Um, to turn around jumper, and he just kind of looked back at his at his you know ankle, and th- that's usually a killy pop. Yeah, they're, I mean they're saying it's calf related. Uh, it looked pretty bad. They're saying two to six weeks, right? Yeah, I mean they did they did say that like Demarcus Cousins ended up going back there and walking with him, and because. DeMarcus had the same type of injury, so he was like, did you feel this? Did you feel that? It's like, hey, I didn't really I didn't really feel this. And it's like, okay, you're starting to feel a little bit better about what your prognosis could be when the guy popped his Achilles, you know, two seasons ago. So, you know, it does give you some reassurance. But at the same time, them losing Durant for six and seven, now Houston has no excuse, right? Like, they can't have an excuse. No, they can't. And they got to show up game six because they let – game five yeah they should have they should have won that game and 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 you, we talk about this all the time like Harden's gonna get his uh Chris Paul needs to step up I mean you know last year the excuse was oh Chris Paul went down you know if Chris Paul didn't go down we would have won and I, I I don't really ag- agree with those sentiments because at the end of the day Chris Paul disappears in big moments in my opinion yeah, I mean, he's he's feisty on the defense, and he's not the same player he was, but he's the do-it-all guy. So I think he has been stepping up. The the surprise to me has been Gordon's play. That that guy's been automatic. Like, we're, we're finally seeing flashes of what he could have been before Coming all the injuries. Yeah, right. I mean, he had a tough stretch in the first half, but then second half he started lighting it up. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean and you just got to think – Durant's two two way player, so he's not impeding all the shots. Like they were throwing Durant on Harden, and he was giving him fits, like trying to shoot and all. I know with that tall body. Now you don't have to worry about that on defense, right. and you also on offense. Like it makes it easier on defense. You can kind of hide Harden now because you're not worried about a player. So you could throw Harden off to the side. You could let the other guys do more and. We've seen uh, Golden State's bench. It's it's not great. I know, I know. That's gonna be that's gonna be a 
pretty telling story. For and Iguodala's been off and on with injuries as well. Right. Shown his age a bit. Well, I, I, I think let's just go back to whether they really have an excuse or not. I mean, granted, Golden State, you know, some people have the argument that they're the same team. Like, yes, they are. They're missing some people, but they're also much older. Like, Sean Livingston was a great role player, you know, the, the years ago when they won without Durant. But now he's much older. Iggy's much older. And we've, much and, older. We've, and we've seen their whole game plan in this playoffs. It's right. a lot of ISO. ISO for Durant. Correct. Maybe maybe it'll be a better situation for them where they'll be able to run their offense and they don't want to run it through an ISO situation. I mean, that. I mean, we saw that in the, in the fourth quarter a little bit. I mean, you know who's not looking old this series is Draymond. I know. Well, he has always been the heart and soul of that team. And I, I think he had like eight assists in the first quarter. He's playing for that bigger contract when Durant leaves. Yeah, yeah. And if I think they're going to prioritize Klay Thompson in free agency. I don't really think he's going anywhere, and I think that's going to be their three moving yeah, there, forward. Yeah, there's rumors out there. I, I don't give him much credence. No, neither do I. There there have been some stories that the fact that he's uh, – what, what what's the word? That he's kind of, like, upset at the fact that he's, like, third wheel to everyone. Yeah, and but we've seen be, him but, never care about that. Yeah, I know. So I think that's just kind of nonsense reporting that's been going on out there. But I'm still sticking with my prediction. I think it's the um, – right, the Rockets in seven. In seven, which would mean that they would need to beat the Warriors. Win the next Right, two. they need to beat the Warriors in Oracle, and they're 1-11 in Oracle. Right, but it's going to be a pivotal game seven without Durant. Right, well – they have to get past game six. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so those are the two matches. Then we get to the one that just kind of surprised all of us, I think, after the after game one where the Celtics. The laughing stock of the Celtics. Jesus, they showed their true colors, huh? Got blown out by, what was it, 27? Thing For the last, like, three games, it seemed. They had no heart, man. It was just uh, – What that, do you think? That team had no chemistry coming on. I, I think – we got fooled by it after the game one. It right. looked like there's that confusion. I know I did. I know Absolutely. I did. And and like we said, we 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 said it before was that we shouldn't have got carried away with the Indiana series because Indiana was hurt. They didn't have Oladipo. They were coming playing a, a subpar team after the second half without Oladipo. They just had uh, lower class opponents, one of the weakest schedules in the NBA, if not the weakest. And we saw the writing was on the wall, and we let it get to us, right? We got overhyped by the Celtics. Oh, it's finally clicking. It's finally here. Because back half of the season, they had their moments, and it looked like it was finally turning. But, yeah, it just wasn't meant to be, man. Yeah. They, they just – You think Kyrie had his one foot out the door? <sighs> Partially. Right. But, it, but it's also like the other players, too. It's just like – seems like – once they went out and got that got the assassins on the team, right. that the homegrown talent is just like, well, you don't want anything with to do with us. Why are we going to win it for you? Well, I think and one it, of the, I, you I, know, once the going gets tough, that cohesion really show shows up. I agree with that, and I and I want to talk more about they were just playing hero ball, and you saw yep. during this last game, right, that when they started playing that hero ball type of mentality that's when the bucks ended up going on that run but then you saw spurts of them playing through brad stevens offense and running and running those high pick and rolls off of the block then playing that defense then running everything through horford and like that is what yeah jason tatum was attacking the hoop right and you were getting to the line like that's what they did last year and i and one of the reasons why 
their hype got so big was I believe they just overachieved too early. Nobody was thinking that they would have done as well as they did last year and the year before that. So their expectations coming into this year were a lot bigger because of Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving, and they thought that was always going to mesh well. But when you have a player who's halfway out and thinking about the summer and then, you know, you can see the limitations on some of these guys, it just well, doesn't work. Well, it happens, man, right? When when nobody gets their time to shine, you're always subbing in all these different packages. Right. It's, it's really hard, and you never form that true team because that's why Stevens plays. It's true team ball. Yeah. Great coach, but there's it, it you just have to have the right talent. So it's well, it's not, it's not even right talent. It just, could you almost in. say that they have too much talent? The, the players just need to buy in, buy into what what he's doing. Yeah, but not everybody's going to buy in. Look, look, Absolutely. you have guys who are looking for the next contract. They're not guaranteed. They're bringing in all these other players. Mm-hmm. There's talks of trade. Anthony Davis going right. there. Like you don't know what's going to happen. So. Then that affects the chemistry. Oh, hundred percent. And plus, Kyrie's just a weirdo. Yeah. Well, Danny Ainge or is gonna baseball ha- genius, as he <laughs> likes to call himself. <laughs> well, Danny Ainge is definitely gonna have a handful moving into uh, this summer for sure. It's gonna be a big off season for them. Yeah. Not uh, great that he's having a heart attack beforehand. Yeah. No, that's not good. That's not good at all. It's not looking good for his health. He better get some money in there. Well, I mean, their number two is one of the best number twos in the game. I so. think he'll be all right. He just yeah. needs to calm down. I think. Yeah. He's, he's just always been like that. Probably Kyrie stress. Too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, speaking of stress, he'll, I know. He'll, package them up and send them to New York for you. <laughs> no, we're not doing a sign and trade. <laughs> uh, I think speaking of stress, I think some of the, the the people out in Portland thought that they had this series. You know, they were up 2-1. Um, just kind of switching gears a little bit here. Yeah, up 2-1. Um, you know, Dame was playing really well. CJ finally decides to mm-hmm. show up. Um, you know, Cantor was playing well even when he was hurt. But you just see that Denver's a, Denver's a lot. When they, when they have everything rolling. And when the Joker starts, you know, when they start facilitating through him and they start running the offense through him, it, it's very tough to beat because he stretches out the floor and he allows those cutters right. and Harris and, 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 Harris. and Murray and all of those guys to How make about their... Murray? He's starting to come of age, huh? Well, I think that's uh, that's our entire point guys. for these Harris, young players, Harris, right? big body, able to guard anyone out wing, on the floor. W- wing shooter, he's able to knock down those shots. I, I Give him game fits. I know, I know. And you need to be able to make sure you give these guys enough time. I mean, they got all these guys come out really young. And you can't just have, like, this mentality that, like, the Lakers had with De- uh, D'Angelo Russell. Like, oh, you give him two years. Two years, he's, he's 20, 21 years old. Like, he hasn't even matured into the game yet. And, and he's making all-stars now in Brooklyn. Yeah, so I think th- there's a lot more to that, though. Well, with with Swaggy P and Iggy yeah. Azalea and all that. Yeah, when, no. when you're taking recordings of your teammates and dropping them online and showing them. Well, that's their... a problem with this generation yeah. nowadays. they got to do everything. But at the end of the day, that's a maturity thing. But you got to know that shit. you gotta, you got to make sure. That, that, and first of all, that's guy code anyway. You're yeah, supposed to be coming but, it, out of the but it's like LA. That. It heightens itself out there. Absolutely. And that, speaking of LA, they're planning a protest tomorrow, protesting Lakers management tomorrow. Yeah. Hey, they'll do anything for attention out in LA. Oh my God. How, how about this recent thing with Lou? There's been so many false reports and reports coming out. It's like. First, he, he didn't want it because they were going to have kid on the coaching staff. Then it's like damage control. Oh, no, he, it wasn't the money. The money wasn't right. The years uh, now, weren't now, right. Now it's other earners have a word in it. Uh, Rambus's wife has is pulling away from bus. It, oh, it's ridiculous. Like, what what is going on? Like, how? 
do you not have control of this franchise? You like you've already seen what's been happening with your franchise. Like you just went through a whole terrible season. You just magic quit. I mean, well, now you can see why magic quit. I think the the writing was kind of on the well, wall and, and that, that started that to was, come out. That was a lot. I, I think magic was lifestyle combined, right? He, yeah, he wasn't willing to put in hours true. for that kind of role. I he, agree. Being magic's a life of its own, anyway. Right. No, I can agree with that. But you know, they haven't been they haven't been relevant in a while either. So you know, ever since th- their father died and Kobe left, and I know all the Kobe Kobe uh, faithful are pretty right. happy about this. Now people are starting to say Trey LeBron. You know, it, it's you know I keep saying I love Kyrie going back to L.A. I don't. I don't. And not not even. I just don't want to see them two together again. And I, yeah, I just but think it would be I, such I a think cop it out could, move. First of all, I don't is think it? I don't think the Lakers are going to get a, another star. So I think I think LeBron's trapped. I really do. I don't think anybody's well, going there. Well, that's what I'm saying. That that's the star I could see on there. Yeah. If you needed to pick one, I guess, right? Yeah. And uh, you've already seen them together. Mm-hmm. Well, you know Dame's not going there. That's for damn sure. No, Dame, Dame's staying where he is. Yeah. 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 I like I like what they're doing up there in Portland. But yeah, I I mean, going back to the series, the yeah. Nuggets. I I think yeah, they're they're clicking at the right time and. Right. Regardless of who wins this Golden State Rockets series, each one's going to be pretty warned through you know the ringer. They they've gone through all these injuries. They're everybody's playing maximum amount of minutes. We saw CP3 get hurt last year because he's playing all these minutes in the postseason. They don't have these big benches, which you can't really have. And Denver or Portland both have younger teams. Right. I'm kind of thinking that Denver runs away with this series just the way it's been going. Right. But they still have both relatively young players, especially Denver. If if they keep going through this, I, I think they're set up where nobody's really counting them in, but may have a good shot. No, I, I think so. And they had a lot of success against if the Warriors are the team that comes out. Well, what big man are they going to put on Jokic? They, exactly. They don't an have old Durant. Bogut, an old Bogut. Yep, no. I I just Draymond trying to play. I, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, they did it throughout the season. Nuggets had some success, and especially without Durant, it's going to be really tough. Um, it, it'll be an interesting series, regardless. Especially like the, the Kevin Durant thing is is a huge, huge impact. Right. On, on it playoff. depends how long he's out for. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And with the playoffs, they might space it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> three exactly. Weeks. Exactly. That's why the game six win for them is going to be is going to be huge. Pivotal. Yeah. Exactly. So. But anyway, I think we kind of want to um, uh, yeah, move into I mean, the... You, you know what's getting you excited. Yeah, Tuesday. 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 Tuesday you is... see in uh, five New York bars, they're having... Uh, Budweiser's I... having a lottery pool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When the red ball comes up, it's free beer for everyone in the bar. For If it's a Knicks ball. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, so, uh, Patrick Ewing will be representing the Knicks uh, at the uh, the draft. For an envelope? For the, for the lottery. Yeah, we all you know the theory. First of all, we and we we've talking about this, so we won't go really deep into it. But uh, you know, Zion is is the prize here, right? The teams with the best odds, what we're looking at, are Cleveland, Knicks, and Suns. Right. Yeah, we've already seen Cleveland get a million firsts. Yeah, which we are, don't want to see happen. We again. already seen the Sunders blunder some firsts. <laughs> so let's give the Knicks a turn. I'm I'm fine with it in division, but. I just want to see Zion go there, but yeah. I don't want to see them like we talked about. Yeah, we know your stance. We know your stance. We don't. We don't need. You know. To you know what would be a fun team for Zion to go to though? It would be the Hawks. Uh, yeah, with Trey and and 
Yeah, yep. Colin. Exciting. Yeah. Uh, fun culture, shitty. I mean, a lot going for it recently. I don't care. The NBA needs him to go to the New York, and then that's that. <laughs> that's that. That's really it. All right. So, or so, you could pop the Dallas. It, they've got some odds. Top five protected. Yeah. But that would be a rarity. I mean, so we're looking at we're looking at the top five is Zion, Jay Morant, which is a point guard out of Murray State, R.J. Barrett, Zion's teammate at Duke, um, DeAndre Hunter from Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the forward from Virginia in the national championship team. Gar- Jared Culliver, which was the kind of – he was like the swing man from the – Texas Tech Red Raiders who played them in the in the championship game. So lot, it's going to be a, a top five. A lot of question marks with these top five already. I mean, minus Zion, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think it, I'm, and it, it, the top players in the draft, I think Cameron Reddish game translates very, very well to, to the league because of the fact that him being the third option on, on that team was probably very difficult for him. I think he's the best pure shooter. Uh, R.J. Barrett and Zion are going to have to be able to, to, to get that together, but hopefully that, that maturation process in the NBA is going to be able to get them to that point. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just think that the athletic ability of Zion, the, 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 the slashing ability and the, way, and the way that R.J. can score, he just needs to get a right hand. Uh, you know, I think those three players out of Duke are the, are the top players to me. I think Culliver is very one-dimensional personally, and I don't like anybody from Virginia. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was Duke's offense that turned me off, Cam and um, RJ, but I didn't see it in them during the tournament, during the season. Mm-hmm. Like, I I see what potential they can have, but there's nothing that got me going about them, right? Nobody ever stepped up for Duke other than Zion. Yeah, and it was really tough because there weren't a lot of shooters, so Zion was and RJ were always dry, and you saw it in the Michigan State game they were always driving into a crowded yeah. paint and you can't win like that especially when you shoot less than 70 percent from the free throw line too that does not help you which is you know something that they'll have to Morant's a guy who excites me that, that guy with his dishes man he's reading plays well advanced before anybody and he can shoot man the guy's not afraid he's a leader i never a good fit in the suns you know what's funny they need a point guard now i know with like setting up Booker and then yeah. Aiden there, I think that and Jackson wherever he's Man. been, but I think that would be the the good right pick for them. They would love that. Regardless, I think regardless of Zion too. I mean, if they get the first pick, I, I know it's really tough to pass on Zion, but if you're talking and I know drafting for need as opposed to best player available always gets you in trouble, but yeah, you don't. I need mean, a even with the Hawks, they'd there. be fun together. Uh, combo. I mean, a little short backcourt. Yeah. Like you'd be getting maybe getting butchered on defense. But yeah, I mean, we saw what happens with those. But small boy, could they, they put up some points? They would be able to. They would be able to. You know. All right, so let's move on to Derby. Okay, so do we want to go? Is this where we want to start the questions? Is this where we want to start questions, or we want to talk overall Derby? Because one of one of our questions questions from our listeners is about the derby uh i'll start off with derby okay saying <laughs> that was the most ridiculous thing i've ever seen just awarding the the winner once so maximum security came first there was a ruling where it interfered with another horse right and they just simply go okay you're scratched number two wins and everybody else moves up in place so was it which seems country, like bullshit country right? house was the one who won right. 65 to one odds right code of honor second and then tactitious third but like 
How do you even deem that? They need to call up Augusta and get some rules in here. <laughs> like seriously, how how do you run this thing? Like, well, this is this is just the. I think this is the problem with horse racing in general, right? You have three people that sit the stewards that are just going to sit there. They make the decision, which is probably one of the biggest decisions in, in horse racing, right? Mm-hmm. At, at that particular time, and then you don't have to meet with media. You don't have to take questions. You don't have to meet with the owners of the horses. You don't have to meet with the trainers of the horses. You don't have to say boo. And this is also what? The first time since 1945 that they've had this happen? Well, this is the first time ever a horse has been disqualified for an on-track um, incident. Incident. There was like a horse that apparently was taking like what they would surmise to like PEDs at that time. <laughs> but this is the first time a horse was suspended. Get that horse Kentucky off Adderall. <laughs> was suspended or was disqualified for um, an on-move infraction, on-track infraction. So... Like if, if anybody really doesn't know what really transpired or you just decided not to take part in any type of drinking or gambling on uh, last Saturday. Which so, I would commend you for. Well, we all know you were degenerate. <laughs> I mean, every, I, and I'm usually not the gambler, but I was partaking as well in my Kentucky colors. But um, you just love the waspy outfits. I do, I do, I do. That's one of the events that I'm going to need to go to. But anyway, so what happened was is that Maximum Security ends up getting spooked by like the hundred and fifty thousand fans that are there. And like, keep in mind, Churchill Downs is twenty horses. They're all three year old colts. Now, Kentucky Derby is the only like big ticket race where twenty horses are allowed to go ever the preakness and the belmont are both 14 horses and i believe the belmont had 10 last year actually yeah but i mean it's also a lot of owners who aren't running the horses by then as well well that's that's true too but i i mean it has to be and we will go into this in uh, a little bit later but it also has to be with the amount of money that gets generated for the amount of horses that are there and it's it's a dangerous it's a dangerous race for as young as these colts are, right? Yeah, like but, but we're also talking about horses and not people, so. No, a hundred percent. So what ended up happening was maximum security ends up getting spooked, right? So he ends up veering out into the right and ends up cutting off War of Will, who almost ends up clipping maximum security in the heels, which would probably have caused every single horse, but maybe like three or four to go down. Right, and which caused Country House to pop out on the outside, right. which was the best thing for him. Right, which ended up benefiting him. So the fact that then Maximum Security, like the, the, the jockey, ends up getting him right and then ends up blowing everyone else away. I mean, the stewards are supposed to also take into account the best horse in the race when they make these types of decisions. And I get it. Any other type of race besides this I think it would have been a DQ, but at the end of the day, this is a Kentucky Derby. What is it? $9 million in better losses. The maximum security owners lost out on $1.8 million. Yeah, I, I think you you take away from what makes the race great, right? These three races, what makes them amazing is that it's a two-minute event tops, right? right? And it's that elevation of emotions for right. that amount of time right that short sprint and then you have a winner that's it you move on right like then then you're gonna hold it up and pull back and make another winner like come on just move on right like 
I wouldn't care. Make it road rash out there. Let <laughs> let the jockeys kick each other. Swing, swing club bats. Who cares? Well, that's that's you can go to Saudi Arabia and do that. They do that on camels. Right, you know? maybe, maybe not club bats, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, come on, it's a race, and, and it looks worse, you know, than the infield down at Breakness. Well, I think <laughs> it, that's an interesting point, right? Because horse racing has always been like this elitist, like secluded Gentlemen's. type of thing where. You know, obviously, as there's outside world that takes into account what's happening, they have their opinion on horse racing and like the brutality and all that nonsense. And then there's the other side of it where the people that are involved think much differently on what's going on. So it's like you could have you could have had like this should have been the moment that they said, you know what, this was the best horse. He has been the best horse. He led wire to wire. The jockey, the horse, had no mud on him whatsoever. Nobody like, would have cared. N- nobody would have cared. And especially, especially after all, all the shit that's been going on in, out in California with their famous track out there. In, like, You want to let the listeners know? Yeah. So, I mean, this was a kind of a big deal that not a lot of people really, really know or understand. So, when we look at at horse racing one of the big big tracks and most famous tracks where a lot of them end up working out on is i believe the track is called santa anita which is out in california they between december 24th and march 5th 21 horses died okay so we're talking about elmers was celebrating huh (laughs) that's a lot of that's a lot of glue for a lot of money yeah, that's some expensive arts and crafts right yeah, there. Yeah, man. Yeah, for you you and your little finger puppets that you got going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> but like think of think about that. Let's those those horses are being trained for big events like this and then they say, "You know what? Oh, we're going to we're going to say that it had to do with the Lasix, which is like a a blood fitting um like exercise, pulmonary like hemorrhage uh inflammatory we're going to stop giving them you know the the amount that we're giving them we're going to stop whipping and then everything's going to be okay so they shut the track down they make all of these types of rule changes and then they open the track up again they do another race and another horse dies what what was the hbo show luck yeah they they had to cut that off the series because too many horses were getting hurt on that same track yeah that's wild track so what what they ended up doing they ended up getting some like criticism it's like it's not the drugs it's not it's not what the the jockeys are doing it's that how you're putting these races on on these types of tracks because they had a pretty wet winter so it's you can see like what happens on those fast tracks these horses you know have these stress fractures in their legs they they have all of these issues right. which i mean you if, up if to only they could have cgi'd some dragons i mean horses Oh fuck that show lately, man! <laughs> I don't even want to take the time and do that. I mean, both the ratings are plummeting, so. Yeah, I know, I know. No, but yeah, I get your concern, right? It, it's it's not fair to the animals. They have no no choice into racing and all, and a lot of money's being made off of it. Right, because you put those races on. Of course, um, but at the end of the day, look, it's, it's a race. Right. It's fun. I get what you're saying. There shouldn't be this many casualties. They should have more precautions. Right. But it's something people look at three times a year. It's mm-hmm. it's not like the average citizens going around. That's but, true. That's true. And but that's when why you look it doesn't get this notoriety that 100%. it does. You know. And I'm glad we're reporting on it. Good. Me and you, Ryan. 
<laughs> we'll send some reform to the horse industry. And they'll, right, exactly. They'll, they'll laugh at us. Say, exactly. get out of here, you schmucks. Yeah, we can we can fucking sit at Churchill Downs. We can commentate the Kentucky Derby if I want. I'll sit right next to Gronk, and we'll have a good time. Well, I'm sipping my peach tea over here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But one one of the things that now we're not going to be able to get involved in is the Triple Crown because uh, maximum security is not running. Obviously, he he lost, but then um, what is it? The uh, the winner isn't running in the Preakness. So not running in the Preakness. Not running in the Preakness. So they give a reason why. A lot of it is because you just it, it's a tough turnaround. It is to run to run the horses, so that's why the Triple Crown's always always a big uh, achievement. But they, the horse was sixty five to one. The horse shouldn't have fucking won. No. So you know that now the problem is is that that horse doesn't have to run. They are going to go to like what um, Mammoth Racetrack down in, in 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 Jersey used to do. They used to pay these crazy purses for you know the, the Kentucky Derby winner. They had Big Brown down there. They had all these types of winners down there, and they don't have to run the Preakness because they're going to make the money anyway. Yeah. Running so in you, a nice, they, fine, kept track yeah. where it doesn't look like the seventh day of Ozfest out there. Right, exactly. So, you know what? All power to them. Their horse is now worth a lot more money, but it just was a shitty fucking way to do it. We were, we were down at Mammoth Track, right? And we were watching, and the whole place went fucking nuts. And we were sitting, we were standing, and this one girl had ripped up her ticket. $20, $65 one for uh, – And she, like, half halfway ripped up her ticket – so I don't really know what ended up happening. I was out of there because it was getting fucking messy. But uh, that t- twenty to win thirteen hundred, and you end up ripping up the ticket because you're impatient. Be a long ride home. Yeah, typical. <laughs> typical. <laughs> All right. So let's get in this fun new aspect, right? Okay. Little mailbag. All right. I, I think you got in the questions. I haven't gotten the chance to look at them. All right. So so spitball it. So we got. We have what is it? One. One, two, three, four, five. We have six questions over the over the course of kind of Greedy we've been doing this. listeners out there. Yeah. So uh, and a number of and we picked the ones that had sent the questions in more, and then we picked the top five ones that that we wanted to talk about. So um, and kind of dealing with what's been going on. So the first one, Sal from South Philly. <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, real? I swear is, to God. Is there a Sal out there from South Philly? <laughs> Well, I know there's probably about 200 of them, but <laughs> anyway, go on with the question. So Sal from South Philly asks, what do you think about Mark Jackson's comments saying that Embiid is one of the greatest centers of all time, and how do we stack them up against our top five centers? So I guess let me ask the question to you Yeah. since you're the Sixers fan. So this will be good for you. So first, who are your top five centers of all time? Let's put it that way. So you have to go with Wilt, okay. Bill Russell, right. Kareem, gives me three, Shaq, I'd say. Right. And later on. Probably the dream. Yeah. Probably I, the dream. I don't even know why that didn't come up, but definitely <laughs> the dream. Okay, so our, so Ryan, so I agree with you. So Ryan and I's top five is, is Wilt, Bill, um, Kareem, Shaq, and um, – Hakeem Olajuwon, which is actually a pretty good top five. They're spanning yeah, know, different errors. Different errors. So you watch the Sixers more than yeah, than I, I do. So what I is your his, opinion on that? I think his potential's there. Right. Look, he he has everything. He has the two way play. He has the the fan 
like he, he just gets fans going crazy, right? Because of his antics on and off the court. He's great. He's funny. But you know what? When it comes down to it, it's the playoffs. Like I was saying before, you got to bring that every game. Right. And you got to show because this is a city that fell in love with Allen Iverson, the guy six foot nothing who bled, didn't care about practice or anything else, didn't care about talking media. But he gave it on the court every night. And you know what? He's a Hall of Famer because of it. And he single-handedly brought them to the NBA Finals. Which against, was uh, unreal. Yeah. Well, and a little bit of ref help, but we yeah. won't go there. Yeah, yeah. But so so let's let's put it into perspective here. So we wanted to keep I, I, we so, wanted to keep this yeah. consistent, so, right? Yeah, so to answer the question, I don't think he is. I think he has potential to right. be over the long frame. But with what's showing up to me with the immaturity and – uh, the way he's showing up right now, it's he's a long way to go. I I, I agree. I mean, so I did a uh, when I saw this question, I did a comparison of the first three years of all of these guys, and um, I also threw the Joker in because I think he's the best center in in basketball. So just to make it entertaining, you know what's something that would be laughable right now that you have to include is Dwight Howard in his early years. I know, I know, I know. I was thinking about that too. Um, God, he should have stayed in Orlando. Ugh. That was miserable. He he was killing it with that pick and, that pick and roll with Stan Van Gundy's offense. That was unreal. He's filthy. So um, Embiid, the problem that Embiid will probably have is longevity, because Russell, Wilt, Kareem, all of these guys have played fifteen plus seasons. Okay, so now we're talking about. All of these injuries and the sickness and all of this stuff, do we think Joel gets to 15 seasons? That's, I guess, the first thing. And the second thing is is that in, in the three-year comparison, you know, he's, you know, Will Ted was averaging 30, almost 32 a game. Kareem, almost 32 a game. Shaq was 27 a game. And then Joel is next, so he's fourth in line. He's averaging 23 and a half a game. It's yeah. That's just points. Yeah. I know there's other things and other factors right, that go into right. it. Right, right. It's, it's a different game, more finesse. It, right. It's harder for a center. Right. Um, I mean, he when he plays, he's dominant, right? Mm-hmm. What is he getting? 35, 15, and 10? Just about, right. It's, I mean, I think the one thing that's interesting, because we were, talk, we were talking about this before, is that each era has a different – type of center and different type of style of play like you just pointed to Joel's and and Jokic are both like more finesse type centers. yeah the, the only negative about Jokic don't get me wrong phenomenal offensive but defense yeah, he doesn't have the rim protection yeah. or anything like that so yeah. he can get I agree I agree. So just sticking with Joel, so he's more of the finesse center. And then before him, like Shaq was just that physical dominant type just of – Just a force. Yeah, just a force. And then Hakeem was just all finesse but just around the rim. He was just able to do so many different yeah, things. Passing outlets, shots, yeah, and the, defense and they, could and, redirect and players. And team was, you know – I slam and jamma. I know, man. That's those are your boys over there. Yeah, him and Clyde, baby. Yeah. So who notoriously passed over Jordan, right? Was it? No, not Clyde. Uh I'm thinking Drexler. You're thinking what's his name? Drexler was in Portland, wasn't he? Yeah, but they who, they then, selected David Bowie. Right, but who was the teammate for involved in Slam and Jamma with Hakeem? 
Uh, it was Clyde. Clyde. Okay. So, um, wow, I lost my train of thought. Anyway, regardless. So, before him was Kareem, who th- they needed to change rules in college for him. They outlawed dunking. And he was finesse around the rim, but just had the most unstoppable move. But all of these guys could score. All these guys can get boards. I just think that – I don't think Embiid's there. I just think there's a huge gap between – like I would consider like five would be Shaquille O'Neal out of the top five. And I think there's like a gap between Shaq and Embiid. Because I think – I think you know who Embiid compares to for me? Like Bill Walton. I thought you were going to say Dwight Howard. I no, 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 no. I wouldn't do that to Embiid. No, I think it's like Bill Walton because of like the injuries and, and everything like that. Like there's just so much potential there. You just we just hope that we'll be able to see it. Because yeah, but the athleticism and everything really does compare to uh, to Elijah right? Hakeem right. Elijah Right. So it, it's it's there. It's just can he fulfill it? Can he stay on the court? There's a lot of if factors. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I agree. So we're saying he's not there, but based on potential, he could be. Right. I. It's a lot of things too. Is it the coach? Could be. Is it Simmons? If Whoa. don't go there, I would trade away Embiid before I would Simmons. Well, at least Embiid has a jump shot. <clears throat> yeah, but Simmons is out there every night. Mm-hmm. You know, you can plan around him. You could put a team around him. Right. I wouldn't be opposed to them trading Embiid for Anthony Davis if that was the direction they needed to go. If I don't think straight up, I don't think that would be able to work. But right. Yeah. I don't think so either. Yeah. But. From, from, I'm, I'm just saying, from a Phillies perspective or a New Orleans perspective, it wouldn't work. Nah, ah, well. <laughs> Look, okay. I I think you can make it work with both of them. I don't think you need to trade either. Let's not get crazy. They're both 24 and 22. They have a lot of time to grow. I think they can really blossom together. And this is just learning experience. Yeah. This is both two playoff runs. It's nothing. They have time. Yeah, they got time. All right. Second question, um, we're going to go with Rob from Manhattan. Okay, this this was actually a pretty good one. <laughs> he goes, what is your take on higher testosterone levels in fans of winning teams as opposed to the lesser testosterone in losing teams? <laughs> I don't know if he's ever been to Philadelphia, but testosterone's pumping pretty high whenever the, the Philadelphia teams don't win. Uh, is it because they're drunk? Is that like a testosterone thing, or is that more of like drunk muscles thing? Or it's like we never win, so we fuck, we hate so. all the management. We hate everything about sports. I I don't know. The, I I get it. There's a, you know, you have that. So wait, big, hold on, hold on. There's a go. there's a better part about this. There's actually been a study that went into this. So back in 1991. Um, there were a couple of uh, there was in the like psychology journal of whatever mm-hmm. um, ended up posting two studies where they took uh, college basketball fans from a Georgia Georgia Tech game at a neutral site. Mm-hmm. They took fans from each side, and then they did the the World Cup in Atlanta with uh, Brazil and Italy. They okay. took samples before the game started, and they took samples after the game. Obviously, there's a winner and a loser in each each of the games, and they found that they the testosterone was pretty similar it was on the same level before the game started and they took the samples like 30 minutes before and then after the game the winners had really high testosterone and the losers had really low testosterone in both cases hmm. so the idea is is that 
this only was relevant in people who associate themselves with the team. So like when we're having conversations about like the Jets and the Eagles, we say, well, we do this and we do that. It was those type of people that were being in, introduced into the study, not like Joe Blow, who's like a bandwagon fan. Okay. Gotcha. So now, go. What do we think? Well, I would love to see the elevation of betting into this too. Well, obviously, in the in the '90s, we didn't ha- didn't have that oh, type. Come on, of- you just called your bookie. South from South Philly would be taking your your bets over there. <laughs> That's true. That is true. Okay, and then, I'll give then you your that. testosterone's are going to spike pretty high when you realize you own ten in the big, and you can't come up with that having to sell your mama's car. So is this why like everyone gets all excited and and like all the babies that come from like the Super Bowl winning team is like after they win, the winning team has all the that's, kids. That's nine a good point. Later. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Like that, that's a different elevation. Like, because now you also have all the women involved. Obviously, if you're having obviously. babies, obviously. so there's some excitement there. I I don't know. It's interesting question. Listen, all I know is is I've been a Jets fan, and we have sucked for a long, yeah, long, it's, long time. It's not ever like you're dispassionate about it. Right? No, no, but I always consider myself as a high testosterone individual. <laughs> uh, and some people can attest to that, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know the answer. I, <laughs> I, I think more studies would have to go into it, and nor do I care that much about it, but it's an it's interesting question. So I thought, I thought that was a <laughs> Rob, shout out to Rob for that question. That Big was pretty Rob. good. Big Rob from, from Manhattan, man. Okay. Next, we have – ooh, this is a good one. So Adam from Fort Lauderdale asks, what is more important in football, offensive line or defensive line? I have to go with it's both, right? Because it, it matters your trenches. I, I, I think it's different philosophies the way t- teams build, right? right? You're either building on the superstars on the outside or you're building through the trenches. So okay. it, it's not one or the other per se, but I, if I had to give an answer, I'd say in today's league, it's more important for the offense line, just given that it's a passing league, right? It's more important to give your quarterback that extra amount of time mm-hmm. um, than having the great defense line. Like I said, it, it matters on your scheme, right? If you could have great cornerbacks and kind of circumvent that issue right a blitz in offense maybe running more of a three four you have athletic linebackers kind of like a mm-hmm. pittsburgh deal where you don't have the greatest line but then you have these linebackers great dbs right that sort of thing and then you have an awesome o-line but i i, I think it 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 really depends on the coach so yeah i it's kind of moot. I, I think you got to build both in this league. That that's my philosophy. Yeah. I I like building through the trenches. Right. But that's old Andy Reid product. Right, right, right. Building with those guys. So. So you so you would go. I, I would say line. offense line okay. in this league. What about you? So as we've done on this show multiple times, I disagree. Disagree with you. So the reason why I disagree is because of how they've been doing things up in new england and you brought in coaching like you could scheme your offense around weak offensive lines to get the ball out fast and i think 
defensive line, especially in the interior, is more important because the interior pass rush will be able to put pressure on the quarterback coming out of either the center or coming out of shotgun, where those quick passes may not be as accurate coming coming from um, either the bubble screens or even slants or, or whatever mm-hmm. you're doing to eliminate it to, uh, a quick pass rush. Yeah, but take the Super Bowl right before that, right? The reason the Eagles won was because they had a great offensive line, and it kept, well, I think you take kept that... up a terrible Nick Foles. Well, not terrible. Oh, terrible Nick, Nick Foles. Nick, we'll get, Nick we're Foles, gonna get into Nick Foles played <laughs> amazing. No so. That's gonna be good. I shouldn't say terrible, but but I, I, but you I, know what I mean. He holds the ball longer than average to get the ball out. He doesn't have the quick release. Needs the time to stay upright. So for him, it was very important. Right, but I, but then the other side of that argument is the defensive line and. And was the one was the that, reason they won. they won? They made one play. But come on. No, I agree. But I'm just saying you can scheme. Like it's very you difficult scheme to scheme. Up. Yeah, but that's the thing, right? For each line position, you're still scheming. So true, but you can scheme. You can scheme more away from a defensive end as opposed to an interior pass rush. Yeah, but it depends what kind of defensive pass rush you want, right? Do you want a guy who bowls? Do you want the defensive line to push through the center? Do you want them to hold? Do you want that? The, your outside guys to be uber athletic. Do you want them to yeah, come no, in? I think it pinch? also it does has to do with personnel. I mean, on both sides, obviously, but I I, I also think that you know offensive line. Are you pulling? Do you need your? But then you have your running back, right? Uber athletic. Then you have your running back, right? right? Kenny Block. It's, it's extension of it. Your tight ends. But then that Kenny. goes back to the, also the philosophy. Does a running back make your offensive line or vice versa? Yeah. So that's why that's why I think there's so many variables that come with it, the offensive line that I would rather build a better defensive line. You're not wrong, not wrong at all. No, you're not wrong either. It, it, it's it's you're pick, just less pick, right. Pick your poison. <laughs> just less right. I mean, your Jets have had lots of great defensive linemen. No, we haven't. They've been in driving 100 miles an hour with a shotgun in the car with a kid in the back and, and smoking or, or on some weed. Or you just trade him away. Or, or we trade him away because, you know, he's a bum. But, we, I think but, we but got you the, got a real good one coming in. Yeah, no, now we have a really good one. I'm really excited about this one. So the two Williams is in the middle. Okay, uh, moving on to the next question, which uh, I really don't even want to this is pr- Andrew from quick. Dobbs Ferry. Yeah, so we also we all know what this where his allegiance is. Eli Manning, a Hall of Fame quarterback. This should be quick. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It has, to be. has to be. One, two Super Bowls. That's all I want to go into. Yeah. You, regardless of the Super Bowls, he won two Super Bowls, and the way that the offensive run is nowadays, the stats will be regardless put, of put his play. There. Doesn't matter. He still won. Still QB for two Super Bowls. Right. Has to be in. Exactly. Plus he's Manning. More of the reason. Okay. Last question. Ooh, this is going to be good. Oh, this is going to be really good. Okay. <laughs> Ian from Fort Worth, Texas asks, who deserves more money in their next extension? Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, or Dak Prescott? So, way I'll go about answering this, right? Goff. All right, wait, hold on. I got to get ready for this. Let's go. So, McVay is the reason that Goff's game stepped up. Okay. Right? The scheme he runs and all. I, I think they could get another quarterback in there. Uh, with Dak, you never know with Dallas. So right, which that's is a wild card. But I think Dak. Well, let's, preface, let's preface it there. Dallas is comfortable giving him $30 million a year. Yeah, and, and but Dak's been up and down. His highs have been really high. His lows have been pretty low. Right. Not saying he's a bad quarterback, but he's also not that first-round pick. Right. So that probably takes a dig on him. So right. I, I think by process of elimination right there, 
I think Wentz has to be the highest. Granted, his injury history, but I don't think Philadelphia is too concerned with that right now. They might be trying to get a discount on it, but mm-hmm. I, I think at the end of the day, he'll still end up being the highest paid out of the three, just given what I just said about the other two. Okay, so from so you think he's going to get it, and he's and he deserves to get it. He's the only one who played at MVP level. Right. Between all three of them. Right. Okay. All right. So, deserve and will get is Carson Wentz from Ryan. So, I'm going to say that, and I I've always said that I don't think Carson Wentz is going to get uh, a contract extension this year. I think he's going to probably more than likely get franchised because I don't think he's going to play an entire season. So, with that being said, I think. I, I am of the opinion, and I agree with Ryan, that Carson Wentz is the better quarterback of the three. Does he does he deserve it? No. Not until he plays 16 games in a season. So who deserves it over him? Out of the three of them, probably, regardless of, of the system, it'll probably be Jared Goff probably deserves it more. Just because you, you just... You can't blame who he has. He has who he has around him. It's like the same conversation with Tom Brady. You, it's it, it's moot. But who's going to get the most money is Dak Prescott because the Cowboys are fucking idiots. <laughs> and Ian's from Fort Worth, Texas, so I'm pretty sure he's a Cowboys fan, and he probably doesn't want to hear this, but... Yeah, that boy's about to get paid. $30 million for Dak Prescott? That's in, That's insane. That's insane. Yeah, I have no counter argument to that. Yeah. But so, um, no, I, I actually I think it's an amazing idea. He <laughs> fully deserves it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, Dak question. Dak Prescott is probably going to get the most. I think Goff will deserve it the most, but I think Wentz is the the better quarterback. But his health is my big concern. So I know this question didn't make your list, but this was a fun one that I saw earlier. That right, right, right. Ping me. The right. Best duo in college. So I think he. Okay, was, so was this the is question that was asked. So so the question was, and and this is this is uh, who is the better duo between Carmelo Anthony and Jerry McNamara? And R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, right? And I we had this was like quick for us, but we thought that maybe we wanted to share it, right? Yeah, Miller won. I I think it's at that. Yeah, the, but the best duo ever. So I have some favorites out there. Okay, Boogie and John Wall. Right. They didn't do anything in the tournament though. No. Boy, they were fun together. Right. Also, like I said before. By Slam and Jamma. Mm-hmm. And then you can't count out uh, Worthy and Jordan. Yeah, that, that would probably be my 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 one. Right. They did have Sam Perkins, so that's what I was saying earlier. But again, can't count who you're with regardless of the duo. That's no. like, like, like. But they you... also didn't have a nickname, so the, the, I'm, I'm giving it to Fi Slam and Jamma. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. And then I'm surprised you. And didn't... Jordan wins at everything else, so. <laughs> That's true. He is a goat. He is a goat. All right. Well, that those were all the questions. I mean, those were those are great questions. Uh, that uh, and very, very, very. Um, it, it's very known that you guys have been listening to us. So we thank you guys for kind of keeping 
keeping up with uh, with the podcast. So um, that's been great. Make sure you please just keep hitting us up on, on Twitter with your questions, the email bag, and everything. Um, you know, we're we're um, you know kind of expanding and then trying to get more of a, a big of a presence. So Ryan's gonna start getting on that too, right, buddy? Yeah, it'd be fun. Maybe we'll get some cameos out there. Yeah. You know what's definitely gonna be fun next week? We got oh, to yeah. talk about LT Gray again. No, he's already at Beth Page right now. The I don't even want to talk about it. Privacy's right parked now. right out of LI. I don't even want to talk about it right now because I'm going to get so excited. But <laughs> um, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening. And as always, this is no holding back.